Hey there, welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Chris Whittingham is on a well-deserved vacation, but we do have a fantastic interview guest today, Ian Wright, the Arsenal legend and former England international. Before we get going, you can sign up for a free or paid subscription to my newsletter at grantwall.com. It has all my writing, including magazine-style stories and on-site coverage of every U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifier. That's grantwall.com. Free seven-day trials are now available. The best way to support my work is by taking out a paid subscription. Now, here's my interview with Ian Wright. Our guest now is one of my favorite figures in the soccer football world. Ian Wright is an Arsenal legend, former England international, and a friend since we worked together during World Cup 2018. He co-hosts the Ringer podcast, Wrighty's House, and he's been in New York City this weekend on behalf of Great Calling, a campaign asking Americans to see the UK differently. Ian, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Grant, it's great to see you too, my friend. It's really good to see you. Likewise, Great likewise. Like we um, say, it was, it was so long ago. 2018, the last time I saw it. Four years since that World Cup, well. and yeah. it feels like 10 because of the pandemic. Yeah. But, yes, um, it does. It's great to have you back in New York. Uh, we're coming out with this podcast on Monday morning. We're doing this interview on the Friday before, but you're part of Great Calling's big watch party in Brooklyn on Saturday for Man United Spurs with more yes. than 300 fans. The group you're with even did a scientific poll of Americans with one in four surveyed saying they first heard about the Premier League from watching Ted Lasso, which is absolutely yeah. wild to me. What's the main purpose for your visit with Great Calling? Well, to be honest, like I say, to, to build awareness um, for the great campaign and promoting the best of what Britain has to offer in respects of the event and trying to create that buzz, you know, the traditional match day buzz, what we have in England. We want that for America as well. And to be honest, it's the first. I was meant to come here and do and go to Philadelphia and do it in Philadelphia, but I missed out on that one. So I'm kind of excited, Grant, about being here with like it's 400 fans. I'm here and 400 oh, wow. fans. I get a chance to watch it with them guys, watch the Tottenham and Man United game, Man United Tottenham game together. And so, and so I'm really looking forward to it. You know, and, and I'm hoping and I'm sure it will be. An amazing, um, amazing atmosphere. What do you like to do when you come to New York City? Well, to be honest, Grant, this time I didn't bring my coat. And it's really, really cold. So I normally just have a nice walk around. It's funny because I got invited to a wedding this morning. Somebody in Central Park, a guy's getting married. And I would have went this morning, but like, obviously I'm doing this stuff. But like, I normally just walk around. I like to go to Central Park. I love mm -hmm. Central Park because sometimes I went to Central Park last time and I got invited to play in a scrimmage kind of baseball game. It was amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was really cool. And no one knew me. So I was just trying to do my stuff. And there was... And they underarmed the ball. They didn't throw it over the arm. And it was uh, it's the first time I played baseball properly. So I like to walk around Central Park from the Tottenham. Fantastic. Now, before we go any further, your son, Bradley Wright Phillips, just announced his retirement from football this past yeah. week. He had a tremendous influence on New York soccer and MLS as a whole. 137 mm. goals over the years he scored for MLS teams. What can you say about the legacy that Brad leaves here? I honestly, I couldn't be any prouder of, of what he's done. You know, I mean, he had it very difficult in England trying to not only get out of my shadow, but his brother's shadow. You know, what I mean, he had his problems in respects of the game. You know, he had to go to different clubs 
But one thing what he did, he, he never did was he never gave up on the, on himself, never gave up on the fact that he knew he had he had something to offer. And what I was pleased about once he did come to to New York here with Thierry and Tim Cahill is that Thierry took him under his wing. New York gave him a chance, and in the end, he repaid them. You know, and it's um, I can't. When you say what, I'm, I'm just so proud of him. You know what I mean? I you know, and what he's done, and and, and the journeys the journey he's had. And the goals he scored, you know what I mean? Very, very proud. And now for him to be, he's like now shadowing uh, um, New York Red Bulls, the director of football, because I think that's what he wants to do next. Nice. And, you know, I couldn't think of a better place that he could do it to because that club has been magnificent to him and he's been great for the club. So, like I say, his legacy will be one of, you know, he's one of the most lethal strikers in this league. Six, I think, in the all-time goal scorers. So I think that he's left an indelible mark on, um, on the American game. Really appreciate everything Brad has done for soccer in the United States. I'm excited to hear he's going to continue doing stuff here. Um, I've also been watching your grandson recently, DeMargio yes. Wright Phillips, Sean's son, who's now playing yeah. for Stoke City. Congratulations to the family on that. What can you tell us about him? Well, he he's, he's kind of plays the same as his, um, his dad. You know, they're quite short, quite diminutive in the way they play. Very low center of gravity, brilliant, like... Um, skills on the ball, running with the ball, very quick, you know what I mean? Great right foot, just like his dad, to be honest, and sharp. But, you know, he's somebody that is, he just constantly, he just wants to learn. You know, he wants to learn. I told him that, listen, you've got to, from what you're doing and what you're capable of doing, he, he can link play, he's very good at crossing and he's got to score goals. I said, that's, what, that's the thing you've got to get into your game, get into the box. And that's what he's working on right now. He's working on making sure that you never give the ball away, like I told him from a young age, and do not miss the target. That's the main thing. That's all you need to know, I said to him. You know what I mean? Don't give the ball away, do not miss the target. And he's, he's very excited because, again, he's somebody that's had a lot of pressure for who he's following because he's not only for... Like Bradley had to follow myself and Sean. He's got to follow me, Sean, Bradley... And now he's there as well. And he's done pretty well because he's very focused. And I'm very pleased for him. I'm very pleased for him. And fingers crossed that it continues for him. Let's talk Arsenal. Men's team first. Yeah. Mikel Arteta's guys are in fourth place right now. Things are looking pretty promising. Why do you think that is? Yeah. What are you seeing with Arsenal? I think that the manager's done. He's got to take a lot of credit. And I think that the people upstairs at Arsenal, whether it's Vinay, Edu, Murta Saka and, and, uh, and, and Mikel, all young guys, all learning on the job. They had to do a massive clear out. They've had a massive culture change there in what he's trying to do. And I think it's worked up to this point. Um, it's the signings, the recruitment has been great. He's now got players that are, 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 are exactly what he needs in respect to trying to do what he wants them to do on the pitch. He's got the great exponents like in Erdogan, in Saka, in, in Emil Smith-Rowe. You know, Tommy Asu, Ben White, people, the goalkeeper, Ramsdale, who can play out from the back. We're now looking like a force. Probably, I still think we need a centre forward who can do the kind of job what Lacazette does, Lacazette does, but still we need more goals. But other than that, we've got a style of play that everybody knows now. We know how we're going to play. Our fullbacks are going to get outside our inverted wingers. Our inverted wingers are going to go beyond people like Lacazette. Erdogan is going to come through and... And, and, and create and pass the ball to those guys going through. And hopefully we can continue to score goals, Grant, because at the moment it looks good. But if you if you get a team that negates that, you know, like Saka, Smith, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe and stop the fullbacks getting forward, we're not scoring enough goals. So that's a problem. 
and we do need that person who can score that goal in a, out of the in an off chance. You know, we've shown that we can beat teams one 0 if it needs to be, mm. but we do need that player to do that, Grant. So at the moment, Mikel's is gravy at the minute. He's doing fantastically well, and for a team that's so young. You're just hoping that the inconsistency that comes with youngsters doesn't kick in. Meanwhile, Arsenal's women are top of the league in England with the Champions League quarterfinals against Wolfsburg coming up. How do you like their chances for these two trophies? Well, to be honest, um, they, they've got a very good... Uh, I think they've got a very good chance in the league. It's going to be tough um, because they're doing very well. Chelsea are still... and Chelsea and City will still chase them down. Um, but like the Champions League, I've watched them play against Barcelona. And Wolfsburg, I'm not saying Wolfsburg are, Bar- are as good as Barcelona, but they are a very, very good side. Jill Ruud coming back, you know, obviously an Ars- ex-Arsenal player, and they're doing pretty well themselves. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough game. The Champions League is going to be tough for them. We saw what happened to Chelsea in the Champions League last season with what, what, what um, Barcelona done to them. And like I say, that Barcelona team came to the Emirates and they gave us a proper beating, Grant. I'm telling you, it was, it was beautiful to watch, but at the same time, it was very painful. Um, the league is something I think that they should be focusing on, but the, you can't um, you can't turn your back on the Champions League. You've got to do as best you can in it, but it's going to be a tough game. But the league is going to go. I think it's going to go right to the end. How has the American Tobin Heath done there for Arsenal? Yeah, she's done okay. She's done really well. Look, the games that I've seen Tobin playing, she's done well. She's had to come off the bench a few times, but we know what she's capable of. She's very she's very good creatively. You know what I mean? She's got unbelievable attitude. You know what I mean? So she's somebody that at the moment is difficult for her to get into the team with Beth Mead and Nikita Paris as well. You know what I mean? So it's going to be tough for her. So, you know, but at the moment, you know what I mean? She's just got to bide her time and she's a good pro. So she knows what she needs to do. She came on the other day, done some really good things. So you're just keeping your fingers crossed that she can maybe force her way into the team because she's an excellent player. I just visited Barcelona last week to write a story on their women's team. They're incredible. So I, I think they've oh, got to be the favorites for, for Champions Honestly. League. <laughs> but I think it's the same with the, 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 the Spain squad, their yep. team. They've got like eight players, maybe nine, who are from the Barcelona side who have been playing together now for so long. Um, so the Barcelona side, they, you know, they, they're fantastic. They're just doing, they're doing their stuff. And the, the national team, they've got to start winning something now. Yep. But like, um, they are the team to beat, Grant, Barcelona. They're the team to beat. The big news in England right now, obviously, is the UK sanctions against Chelsea's Russian oligarch owner, Roman Abramovich. How do you see yeah. all this affecting Chelsea in the near term and in the long term? Um, in the near term, you have to think, you know, you, we don't know what's going on. And that's why, it's funny, I was listening to Emma Hayes, the, the, the manager that, uh, that for the ladies team, and she was saying, they just need time to process it, what's going on, because, you know, it's happening very quickly. And I can imagine everybody's, yeah, their heads are all over the place. But I think the government have done the right thing, um, especially especially when you, you, you read the charge sheet, um, right. Grant, you know. But, but that said, you know, I, I, I have to say, I wondered why it took so long. But that said, you have to still, the club still has to operate. And hopefully, you know, the team um, for the future, they can resolve it very quickly. You know, so it's the most I could stand it, Grant, simply because... It's happening as it's happening. I feel for the Chelsea fans, you have to, because, you know, I mean, everything was happening to them. They, they don't know what's going on. So, like I said, I'll know more about it as it goes on. But at the same time, you just hope it can be resolved quickly for, their, for the future of the club. Yeah. I mean, news by the day seems to be changing. So we'll see how that plays out yeah. in the coming weeks and days. Mm. Um, 
it's also a men's World Cup year, and England has reached the final of last year's Euros, the semifinals of the last World Cup. What sort of things do you think need to happen for England to take that next big step and win a major final for the first time since 1966? I think we need someone like we need someone like Phil Foden or Jack Grealish to control that midfield. I think that defensively, um, he might be able to get away with it with the players that he could put maybe in front of the defence, maybe Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice. But then we need that guy, that midfield guy, the number eight, number 10, that can link our midfield and forwards. Somebody who can control the game for us when, like we saw Italy against us in the final, they just kept coming. We couldn't get them off us. We couldn't get the ball and play in a way where we can make Italy have to drop back. And it's the same what happened with Croatia. We saw in the 2018, mm -hmm. we, couldn't, we couldn't deal with Rakitic and Modric being able to control the game and they just kept coming at us. We need to find that player, that midfielder. And I think we've got him now, but it depends on how he's, how he's used in the team, Grant, because I'm thinking like someone like Phil Foden is the guy. Phil Foden could be that guy to link us, to, to get us from back to front, control the game. Maybe Grealish as well, if he could, you know, if the manager can trust him in that midfield to not lose it. But we need that because we've got the goal scorer. I think we've got that we've got a defence. We've, we've shown we've got the defence to at least get to the, the latter stages. Um, we've got a goal scorer in Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. That I believe that we can we can breach defences, but we need that midfielder to, to, to help us to control the game so as we can dictate to the teams as well. Thanks to Liverpool, we might actually have a title race in the Premier League. Yes. Yes. Who do you see winning it, Man City or Liverpool? Well, I, I, at the start of the season, funny enough, when they signed, when Chelsea signed Lukaku, Watching how they played, I thought, yeah, that's the final piece. Obviously, it's all gone wrong for them. Uh, Man City, we know, are going to be um, the favourites. But I'm just starting to feel like I'm leaning towards Liverpool. I just feel that Liverpool are kind of getting a momentum and, and a belief that they, they, they can do it. And now that they're closer now, I think that, what was it? I think Man, Man City was 13 points ahead and everybody was kind of thinking, mm -hmm. oh, that's it. But Liverpool... When they lost Salah, they lost Mane, they lost players to the African Cup of Nations and never, never made a dent on them. And they came back and they've hit the ground running again. And City, City has seen that and seen that they cannot afford to slip up because Liverpool at the moment um, are grinding out those games, whether it's 1-0 or whatever it is, 4-0, they're, they're, they're doing it. And City know that they can't slip up because if they slip up, then the pressure goes firmly onto City. And Liverpool, who nobody fancied, can just say, well, we're, it's fine. We're just doing what we do. So I'm probably going to go with Liverpool because I want wow. the chase to happen. Yep. I want the chase to happen and it's and it'd be more exciting. Yeah, and they're playing each other at uh, yeah. the Etihad. Uh, so that's an opportunity. Yeah. Like if Liverpool wins, yeah. the, wins the rest of its games, it wins the league. They do. So, yeah, I they mean, do. And they're capable and can of be, They can do that, Grant. Yeah. They can do that. We know that, City, we know that City can do the same, but City know that Liverpool can do that. But So that's why that game is so important. Mm -hmm. It's vitally important to both of those teams because they both win that game. If, if, if City win it, they know that we have to win all the games, we'll do it. And if Liverpool do it, we win all the games and we do it. It's going to be amazing. I want to finish up here with what I call my rapid fire quiz. And I don't know if you've gotten this before, cool, yeah, but it's I some questions them. about your, your career. And yeah. I'll, we'll just go rapid fire here. 
What Do did it you, rapidly, bro. What did you achieve in football that you are most proud of and why? Winning the Premier League. Because I think the test is the long the, the longevity of the league. You know, FA Cup was amazing. I watched it when I was a kid and I wanted to win it. But winning the Premier League shows that you can you can go the distance. And that's what champions have to do. You have to go the distance, take the good and the bad. And then you still come out and, and you win. So that is it for me, the Premier League. Who was the player you most admired in your career and why? Um, I think the player I most admired would probably be probably Dennis Burkamp and the way he um, and the way he approached the game, the way he saw the game, and the way he played the game, the way everything, the way he thought about the game. And to end up playing with a player of that caliber for me made me realize that my hard work was not in vain because then I knew that I got myself to a level where I could play with a player of that caliber. And when Dennis came to our club, he changed the DNA of our club. All the success came from our club. We were on an upward trajectory when Dennis got to our club. And there's no, and, and, and the, the, the common denominator in it is Dennis Burkamp. Who was the best player you ever played against and why? Zidane, um, that's an itself Zidane was amazing. I played against um, Ronaldo nine as well, Brazilian. And he was amazing watching him. But Zidane and watching, playing against Zidane when we played for England against France and watching how easily he made the game and how in the moments when he had to be great, he just done it very effortlessly. Um, the fact that, you know, once he got the ball under control, he just left him to do what he'd done because he'd make you look silly otherwise. The passes that he'd done without, when you hadn't even seen him look at it yet, it was... It was, it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to be on the same field as him. And when you're on a pitch with a player that good, you realise some people are just born to do it. They're born to do what they're doing. He's one. He's one of those. Best goal you ever scored and why? I scored a, a nice goal against Everton. Um, I scored a great... I scored a, a really nice goal for England against Italy mm -hmm. um, in the Tournoi, which was, meant, meant the world to me. But I scored a great goal against Everton. At, um, at Highbury, which is the best goal I've ever scored. It's a beautiful goal. Best manager you ever had? Probably, I probably have to go with Steve Koppel, my first manager at Crystal Palace, because he, he got me from, I, I literally walked off of a building site um, into a professional um, environment and he turned me into a professional footballer and, and, and then kind of gave me the basic kind of tool to, to build myself into a professional person. Um, so he has to take all the credit for that. George Graham was amazing. Arsene Wenger was amazing. Great. Glenn Hoddle and that. But like Steve Koppel, um, a different manager could have treated me differently and I would have had a different outlook. But Steve Koppel gave me a, a ground, a, a good base to, to build on, to become a professional player, a good professional player. Two more quick ones and then we're done. Best mm -hmm. teammate you ever had yeah. and why? Um... Best teammate, probably, it's, I, I, I probably would say it would have been Mitchell Thomas. I get on really well with my friend Mitchell Thomas. And he, I only played with him la the latter stages of my career. But because we've been friends for so long, I have to give Mitchell a, a comment, a, a mention. And also David Rowcastle, because I, I signed for Arsenal because of David Rowcastle. And we came from the same, the same um, estate when we grew up, came from the same area. But I'd probably say... My best teammate were probably Mitchell. He's so we're so tight. We're still close now to this day. Last one. Who is your favorite player in the world today, and why? You know something, Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I mentioned just now. I mentioned somebody I'd like to have played with, Neymar. 
And I think it's just the first thing that came to my mind, maybe because I was watching PSG the other day. But like, I probably should have said Kevin De Bruyne. Hmm. Because the way I played and the way Kevin De Bruyne plays, I know I'm scoring a lot of goals playing in a team with him. Watching him play is brilliant. His attitude towards the way he plays, his, his, his ability is frightening. The, 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 the passing for someone like me, you make the move and he'll get the ball to you. You know, and so I watch him and I wish that I could have played with a player like him because he would have only made me better. He is, he is easily, for me, he's the best midfielder in the world at the moment. Ian Wright is an Arsenal legend and former England international who's in New York City this weekend on behalf of Great Calling, a campaign asking Americans to see the UK differently. Ian, great to see you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem. I look forward to seeing you again soon in the flesh so people can see that we are literally twins. <laughs> I like we are that. brothers from another mother. One of the highlights of my career was at World Cup 2018 when you said you admired some of the clothing I was wearing. I don't get that very often, particularly from stylish folks. So much appreciated, my friend. It's no problem, man. And I look forward to seeing you, man. Thank you. Take care. Take it easy, my friend. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Ian Wright as well as producer Chris Whittingham. You can now sign up for a free or paid subscription to my newsletter at grantwall.com. The best way to support my work is by taking out a paid subscription. Free seven-day trials are now available. See you next time.